God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. This session will feature two speakers with up to 20 minutes each. After that, the attendees will be able to ask questions of the speakers. The audio of this session is being recorded and will not be edited. Please note that this session will be available online or as a podcast feed. Some webinar information. As you have noted, webinar is view only. Attendees are automatically muted. Attendees are not visible to each other or to the people on the panel. Only the panelists are visible. Please use the Q&A function to ask your question of the panelists. Use chat for supportive comments. So at the end of speaker time, there will be a Q&A time. And in order for your question to be asked, you have to go to the bottom of your Zoom screen and press the Q&A button. A screen will come up and you'll put your question in there. If it's just something supportive, you can put it in the regular chat. We ask that you keep what you see and hear here confidential and that there be no recordings or screen captures. Please respect the anonymity of all who attend. For our speakers, the timer has already uh, spoken to you about uh, when they will let you know about time elapsed. Remember, you're being interpreted into French, so please speak slowly. Our first speaker is Nancy P. Please go ahead, Nancy. Thank you, Chris. Um, hi, everybody, Nancy P. here. I live in West Newton, Massachusetts, and I've been in Overeaters Anonymous for 50 years this past January. Um, I was 11 years old when I joined. I was in the first young people's group. My mother was um, a member of Overeaters Anonymous and myself and all the other children of the other women that were in Overeaters Anonymous had a, had a, um, a little young people's group and I was part of that, but it didn't go very far because when you're 11, what you wanna be doing is, you know, buying junk food after school with your friends. Um, so by the time I got into high school, by the time I get, excuse me, by the time I get into high school, my brain chemistry was a little bit more mature and I knew a little bit more, but I was hopeless. I was in Overeaters Anonymous, but I was also going to a pay and weigh diet workshop and Weight Watchers with very limited um, success. In fact, no success. Basically just here are some of the things we tried and I tried pay and ways. And my life sort of caromed from you know, much like Bill did on the golf course with the, with the you know, in getting an impeccable coat of tan, I was, um, I was careening from catastrophe to catastrophe. And when I was in high school, I got in a car accident every weekend for two months. And my parents finally said, you can't drive anymore. I don't blame them. Four years later, well, when I went to college, I was freshly dry cleaned out of diet workshop and I weighed 118 pounds, going into college. When I graduated four years later, I weighed 67 pounds more. And my college career was, I mean, I did well in school. I'm a good student. I'm bright. You know, I'm, I'm an articulate thinker and I'm a, an articulate speaker. Um, but my, um, my college career was fraught. Let's just put it that way with all kinds of, you know, bad behavior and, um, you know, I barely, gra I, I, I graduated fine, but w just before I graduated, I had gone into debt for $400 and my, um, I wrote my dad a letter and I said, I need this money. And, you know, my mother was a public health nurse and my father was like a middle manager guy and they didn't have any money. 
And so he wrote me a letter back and he said, and here's the money, but I'm charging you 10% compounded interest. And if this ever happens again, you can take care of it yourself, even if you have to go to jail. And he was right. And that's what I needed to hear. So I graduate and, you know, let's just put it this way. For the next 25 years, I went from job to job. I got, I was looking at my resume and I got fired for more jobs than I kept. And the men that I went out with, if you lift up the flat rocks on your front walk, that's where they lived. They were just disasters. And, you know, I'm very, very agnostic. And the only thing that makes me not an atheist is that I might be wrong. But in the end, and I don't want to say, oh, my bad. But one thing that I know was nothing to do with me was my choice in husbands. My husband is evidence that somebody is looking out for me. Because when I think about what I absolutely was going to end up with, and what I got, it's stark. My two most significant relationships were one was with a convicted felon out on parole from a maximum security prison in Florida, two counts, 25 and five for drugs. And the other was a guy that was absolutely going to hit me at some point. So that was one thing that was good that, you know, that I didn't screw up on my own. So, um, you know, I, I, you know, I only thought I had surrendered. I only thought I had come to the bottom, but there's no bottom. The elevator only goes down. And, you know, my mother had a stroke and I thought that was the bottom. I was, I it was in one of my, you know, I had for, for 40, from 1971 to 2017, I had thin weeks and obese years. And I was in one of my thin periods when my mom had her stroke and I cried and I said, I don't want to eat. She couldn't even open her eyes. Her brain was so swollen. And she said, you don't have to eat. But I did have to eat. You know, I only thought I had, you know, come to the place that I, I wouldn't have to do that. And life got continually sort of worse. I went to, um, I went to the big book step study process joined you know got went through that process and with a perfectly adequate sponsor a lovely woman very bright and it didn't take I ate for 13 more years and you know more catastrophes you know job you know stuff and then I had the catastrophe that beat all catastrophes which was that my then 14 year old daughter started self-harming cutting and burning herself and I could not eat fast enough um I and trust me I tried I know how to eat and I couldn't and I was in my car one day sobbing. And, you know, I have to say this about in Bill's story, when it says no words can tell of the loneliness and despair I found in that bitter morass of self-pity. Quicksand stretched around me in all directions. I had been overwhelmed. I had met my match. Alcohol was my master. And I was sobbing in my car. I had just eaten a dozen donuts. And I had crumbs everywhere and sugar everywhere. And I was sobbing. And I really feel like at that moment, whatever it is that takes care of me said to the other ones having coffee, you know what? This one's had enough. I think I'm going to pluck her back from the gates of death. And I picked up my phone and I called a friend that I've known for 40 years. And I sobbed out my pain. And she said, it doesn't have to be that way. And I, um, you know, my own path is that I joined a vision for you. It's just a healthy OA meeting. It's a phone meeting. And I have not had to hurt myself with food. It'll be four years, December 1st. And I have recovered from compulsive overeating. I'm still a compulsive overeater, for sure, of the hopeless variety. But I no longer hurt myself with food. And I go where free men go. I do everything. I travel. I bake. I cook, I go to other people's houses. I've been to Paris and Rome without any trouble at all. I've been to London too, but that's not as interesting food-wise. <laughs> and um, I've done everything. Nothing holds me back. And um, that came from going through the steps with someone in whom the problem had been solved 
with no excuses. And once I stopped making excuses, they stopped showing up. When I made excuses, it was like I was sending out an engraved invitation and the excuses said, absolutely, we'll come and we'll bring all our friends too. So I get through the steps and we're, we're, we're going through the steps and we're approaching the end of the third step. And, and I said, I've got to tell her, I've got to tell her, she's going to kick me out. And I'm choking on my secret. And I whisper, I'm up in my bedroom with the door closed and the rest of the family is down in the lower floors. And I said, I don't think this is, I'm whispering on the phone. I don't think this is going to work for me. Why not? I'm not sure I believe in God. And she said, don't worry about it. You haven't had a spiritual awakening yet. So I said to myself, okay, she's the crazy one, but I'm going to do what she says because I'm not eating. So I go through the steps and I will say this for anybody that doubts their own recovery, none of what I read in that book happened all at once in real time. I did not read the doctor's opinion and say, hallelujah, I'm powerless over food and my life is unmanageable. I did not read, there is a solution and think my life is unmanageable and I have the solution. I didn't, none of that. I didn't realize that it had all come true for me until I was talking to my sponsor and I said, I've never felt this good. I've never felt this way. And we both said at the same time on page 88, this is a single line, a paragraph that says it works. It really does. So on to step 10. Step 10 tells us that we continue to take inventory. So what it says, I'm just going to open my book here. What it says is, This thought brings us to step 10. What thought? All of the promises of step nine, that we will be free, that they're not extravagant promises. They will always materialize if we work for them. Step 10 suggests that we continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any new wrongs as we go, any new mistakes as we go along. So, so basically, it's saying that we should do four through nine over and over and over again. Wash, rinse, repeat. Then it says our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. That is my job every day. Luckily for me, it's not an overnight matter. It should continue for my lifetime. And it does. I continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. I get resentment, resentment, selfish, fearful, and self-centered. I'm human. So again, steps four through nine, we make, we, we make restitution or apology if we've harmed anyone. But then to me, the most important thing in step 10, the most important thing is then we resolutely turn our attention to someone we can help. Resolutely means with focus and determination. People call me often with 10 steps. Or they call me with resentments or they call me, you know, they call me and they want to talk. And the solution is always the same always without exception for every single problem that I've had. I can't think of one that it doesn't work. Surrender and help others. So what I say to people is, you know, we'll go through it and I say that and we talk about it. And then I say, if it were me, because when it is me, this is what I do. I would spend the next 45 minutes calling other people, not talking about myself. And that's what I did. I mean, that summer of 2018, when 
my daughter was hacking herself up with a razor blade and burning herself to a crisp. I made calls all the time and I didn't talk about myself. Some calls lasted for 20 seconds, some calls lasted for five minutes, some calls lasted for 20 minutes. I'd hang up the phone, I'd burst into tears, I'd dry my tears and I'd make another phone call. And I didn't eat so much as an extra grain of rice, not one bite. And this is the thing, the 10th step promises say, we have ceased fighting anything and anyone, even food, even alcohol. For the, by this time, sanity will have returned. There's step two, asking a power greater than ourselves to restore us to sanity. If tempted, we recoil from a hot flame. I'm on board with that. We react sanely and normally. And we will find that this has happened automatically. So what I can say about step 10, what I've learned is that my feelings don't own me anymore. If I'm frightened, I don't act out. If I'm angry, I don't scream. I just don't. This is what happens so long as we remain in fit spiritual condition. And anybody who goes to the gym, myself included, knows that to get fit, you have to reach, you have to strain, you know, you have to do more every day. This process is the only thing that I know of that you can continue to get more out of it in the same amount of time. I do a lot in Overeaters Anonymous. I sponsor, I speak, I take 10 steps, I make myself available to a lot of people. But um, the most effective thing that I do is I do it over and over and over again. It's not one and done. And that brings me to step 11. I just don't want to go over. So step 11 suggests prayer and meditation. Well, I'm very agnostic. So I don't, I'm not really up on prayer. And I'm not really up on God. I'm not really into God. So I have my own conception. Book says I can have my own conception. And so I have my own conception of a power that takes care of me. I call it my buddy. And I have to say that I have one prayer, actually two prayers, but my main prayer is goes like this. I don't like this. I don't want things to be this way. Because when I'm into it, when my feelings come up and they, they, they get me, they, you know, they make me frightened or they, they sort of knock me off the beam. I can't think of the third step prayer or the seventh step prayer. Or, I don't know. I just can't think of it. So that to me says it all. I don't like this. I don't want things to be this way. And the answer is always the same. I know, but I've got your back. My other prayer, I just came up with it. I dropped my son off at college for his junior year. Now, this is the third time I've dropped him at school. And he was home for three semesters for the COVID. So that was an extra bonus that I got. Um, and when I dropped him off, he said, see you later. He ran off with his friends. And before I had reversed out of the parking spot and drove away, I, I burst into tears and I cried for 90 miles. And my prayer was only, I'm hurting. And the answer was, I know. I came home and I told my husband and he tried to comfort me by saying, he'll be home soon, but he's not the mother. He didn't have the baby. But that simple message I know meant to me that I had to go through those feelings so that I wouldn't be consumed by them. I think of myself, my life as a riverbed, or myself as a riverbed, and my life flows over me like a river. And sometimes there's debris in it.
you know, old boots, styrofoam cups, litter. But once I cleaned all that up, the rest of what was in the river was branches and leaves and grass and natural debris. But rivers need that stuff to clean themselves. And that's what I think about. I did not have a white light experience when I awakened spiritually. Instead, every breath I take. Sorry? That's two minute warning. Okay. Instead, every breath I take is, is one of white light. And I'll say one last thing about the, um, about the 12th step, and then I'll let Jack go. The first sentence of the 12th step says, practical experience shows that nothing will so much ensure immunity than intensive work with other alcoholics. That means, and it says that on the first page of the doctor's opinion or in the doctor's opinion. So that to me means, and that's been proven true, nothing, including abstinence, including meetings, including everything, works better to keep me in fit spiritual condition than intensive work with others. And I definitely care about my sponsees. I care about all of the people on this line, you know, in this meeting, I care deeply, but I'm doing it because it's good for me. If I had to smoke a pack of cigarettes as a way of getting better, I'm not sure I would be into recovery, but um, it's my honor to be here and my privilege to speak. And I'm gonna put my information in the, um, in the chat if anybody wants to call me and with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Nancy. Now our second speaker is Jack P. Please go ahead, Jack. Thank you. Uh, again, uh, it, it was definitely privileged to be asked to speak at this. My name is Jack P and I'm a compulsive overeater. My first, uh, my accident date is uh, August 8, 2015. And uh, that was my uh, second OA meeting. Uh, <clears throat> I became a, an absent, a compulsive overeater by switching one addiction for another. And that was about 1978. I was 25 years old and uh, I got rid of one addiction, but I took on another one. And I spent 38 years suffering, 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 suffering. And I bloomed up to about 310 pounds is my top weight. And right now I'm holding that about 220. And uh, that's pounds, even though in Canada, we're supposed to be talking kilos, but I'm still a pound man. But uh, I, I used to weigh myself. And I got, that sort of got carried away with me. So then I said, well, there's got to be a better way. And uh, I topped out at a waist size of around 48. And my shirt was XXXXL. Today, I'm quite happy with a nail shirt. Sometimes, depending on the make, I can go XL. And my waist size is 36. And I plan to remain there. Uh, the scales was affecting me in terms of, you know, a pound or two or whatever. So the clothes size, I've always wanted to be, uh, have a waist size of 38 or less. And so I'm good at this point in time. As I said, I suffered and suffered. I suffered for many, many years. And then... I was on a plane ride from St. John's. I live on the East Coast, Newfoundland, uh, to Toronto. And I'm a talker. And the lady next to me was a, uh, an addiction counselor. And uh, as we were talking, uh, I sort of rolled into that. And uh, she said, it's pretty simple for you. And she called me by my first name, Jack, because we had introduced it. And I said, yeah, I've been trying this for years and years. She said, it worked 
the first time in the 70s used the same thing now. I said, this got nothing to do with drinking. I don't drink now. So I haven't had a, a drop of alcohol since 1978. And uh, she said, that's not what I'm talking about. She said, the 12-step program worked for you then, it can work for you now. And I said, I have no idea what you're talking about. She said, Overeaters Anonymous. I said, what is that? So uh, uh, she explained a little bit about it. And I mentally took a note. And when I got back home, I called. And uh, I went to my first meeting in, in the latter part of July. And, uh, you know, it was a room full, uh, probably about a dozen or so women. I was the only man. Felt a little uncomfortable. Didn't know what to were talking about but I got enough of out of it to come back. I went down holidays, thought about it a lot. And I said to myself, well, what have I got to lose? Cliche, but I, that's what I said to myself. So I, I uh, went back on August the 8th. Got into the program, bought into the program, and like everything else in my life, I dove in with two hands, two feet, everything. And I started on, the, on my journey of abstinence. I didn't really get to program in the first couple of months, but I kept, I got enough to keep coming back. That's what I did. And uh, in the fall, I'm thinking around September, October, I uh, decided to get a sponsor. And I asked this lady who I had admired. And she said, yes. And uh, so I said, oh, okay, how do we do this? And she immediately said, step 10. So I started on my journey of step 10. And I calculated it the other night when I was making a few little notes and I got better than 2,200 step 10s done. And uh, it, 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 the, the cliche, it works if you work it, is definitely true. And as I do my daily, as I was starting my daily step 10 in 2015, the pendulum or the, the chart was like this. This was the negative side. This was the positive side. And it was always I had things to make amends for, things that I was not happy about, things that made me sad I was doing. But as I was constantly doing my step 10, I was thinking to myself, this doesn't make sense. I'm going to have to write about this this evening, tonight. And it, it, it's, it's, you know, why? So then I, I went from this to slowly coming up to about this. And now I'm like this. Because as you, as it says in step 10, you know, continue to take personal inventory. And I can attest as a person that's done over 2,200 that, you continue to do it and it will work for you because repetition and the spiritual principle is perseverance. But as you pre uh, persevere, you have a tendency to get rid of the negatives. I had a, a prayer. I just read a little bit of it that I had at the end of my step 10. I still have it there. Heavenly Father, I confess that I have let my own oversensitive self be wounded and have reacted with pettiness when my brothers and sisters in Christ have not treated me the way I felt I deserved. I know Jesus was treated so rudely and shamelessly by those he created. So I shouldn't be surprised when things don't always go well for me. But Father, 
please help me know when to challenge those who woo me with a loving confrontation and when to just ignore the barb and find a way to minister to them because of some deep wound has crippled them in their lives. Let me be an instrument of your peace, harmony, grace, and unity. And as I, every time that I do something wrong or interact with a person that caused me anxieties, frustrations, I think about that and I'd say that and that night I'd repeat it. And slowly, like I haven't said that prayer in at least, I was thinking about it the other night, two and a half years, because now I just don't let people get to me. If I get into a situation and if someone is trying to bump me or get trying to rile me up or get into an argument with me, I'll remove myself from it. I don't need that in my life. I'm in need peace, harmony, serenity, and abstinence. And if you don't fit into that criteria, I'll just move away from it. So I continued to work my step 10. I persevered. And as I said, because I was doing this repetitively, repeatedly, and because I was, I, I don't like to use the word meditate because I, I just find that I get a blockage on that. So I, I replaced it with cogitate. So when I'm writing my step 10 and when I do my gratitudes, I cogitate or reflect on them. And I get such a good feeling of all the blessings that I have in my life. And I always think I've got these blessings because of OA. I know in the, from the bottom of my heart that I would be dead today if it was not for OA. I was obese. I was lazy. And a whole bunch of medical stuff that I don't want to really get into wrong with me and lack of exercise the whole nine yards and uh, I, I was heading down a road that was not pretty today I have five beautiful grandchildren that live within five minutes of me when I say five minutes that's five minutes walk and uh, while I didn't always be there for my children. I didn't always say yes to my children because if I was sitting in my chair and I was eating, stay away from me. I wasn't going to do anything to help or uh, interact with them. The only interaction I wanted with them was give me a cup of coffee, give me a sandwich, give me this, give me that, give me the other thing. When I started with my sponsor, started to write down goals. And one of, one of my first goals was never say no to my grandchildren. And since, 19, since 2015, I'd say about October, November, I have not said no to them. No matter what they ask me to do, I say yes, because I've been given a new life and they're a key part of my life. Our whole family is, is, is our life now. We uh, moved into a new house three years ago. And the only uh, uh, thing that uh, my wife wanted in a new house was a table big enough that we could all sit at. Because in our old house, there was always three places where someone would sit. And in this one, we have a table that can sit 16 plus a little counter off the island that can sit another three, four, if you wanted to. So we can all sit as a family. We can enjoy each other as a family and, and do it. And that was a key part of it because I, I get that. Now back to my step 10 before I'm short of time. One of the things that we did, we started off with a pretty basic step 10. And my sponsor is a, firm believer in the step 10 as a personal thing, and I am as well now. 
So she wanted to change things around, but I had to agree to it and had to work for me as well. But we started to move things. So right now, the first thing on, on uh, my step 10 is my gratitude list. And boy, when you get to the end of your day and you're rating your step 10 and you start to list your gratitudes, you will see that in the beginning, that might be like this, there's very few of them, but as you continually to persevere, they go up, 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 because we have so many things to be grateful for. I have so many things to be grateful for, you know, and the, the most of them happen around family because that's what we do, you know, but it's also to be grateful to be able to connect with other OAers because that's a big part of my recovery as well, either through telephone, text, or meetings. And uh, sponsors, you know, I do uh, sponsor. I, uh, uh, you know, right now I'm at about five, and uh, uh, that's as much as I want because I don't think I can do justice beyond that. And, <clears throat> you, you know, but, but the, the gratitudes by having them up front lifts my spirits. And I sort of, when I'm reflecting on it, I says, this is what life is about. This is what life should be about. It should be about what I'm gratitude, grateful for. And then I continue and I do list my foods so that uh, to my sponsor. And then I move from my foods into my daily activities. And, and I always write, like, did I respect myself and everyone else I was in contact with? And in the beginning, as I said, I've always used to write, no, I didn't. Is there anything I need to make amends for? Yes. But now I'd say, and that particular one was over three years since I had to say that I, I did not respect myself and uh, uh, everyone else I was in contact with. I haven't made an amends in three years because I have no need to, because I'm working the program every day. And then I put this line in there that today was a good day. I was emotional and spiritually strong today. And I close my eyes as I say that and put it in my step 10. And I, I have a base format. And I just reflect on that and be so thankful for it. Then I go on to my accomplishments and, and accomplishments are basically things that my sponsor and I worked about, like the things that I accomplished today. And there's so, so many good things. And you look at it and compare it to some of the things I do, compare it to before and after. And there's a stark difference. Like before OA, there was a lot of uh, anger, a lot of everything in my life. Today, there's only peace, serenity, my abstinence, and those things in there. And about two years ago, I was concerned about the tools. And I started to, I said, I should add them to my step 10. So I said, I use the following OA tools today. And within a year, what I found was that every day now, I'm using all nine tools. And that becomes a key part of my program. And if you write it down and it's part of what you got to write every day, as, as it says in step 10, you, you persevere, the repetition sort of kicks in. And uh, then I move into what made me happy, what made me smile. And in the beginning, <laughs> very little. But today, there's so much to have to be happy for. Because happiness and smiling are different than gratitudes. Like, what made me happy today? What made me smile today? And when I write tonight, one of the things I'll say is being here, this made me smile. And just looking at the, the pretty faces that are on the screen here. Well, not talking to you, David, but uh, uh, the, the pretty faces that are on the screen and uh, to be able to say, yeah, like I was part of that. That made me happy, that type of a thing. And it must be about a year and a half ago, I said, well, I don't know if I'm getting the right exercise. So I added exercise to my daily step 10 because the daily step 10 is about 
whoever is writing it. It's not about a format that was taken from somewhere and done. Customize it, whatever you want. So I added it and in it, I said, okay, I better step it up a little bit. And, uh, 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 you know, like, like was it good, fair or low? And mine is usually in the fair to good. But this week, I just noticed that I had three days that I had over 10,000 steps and I wouldn't have had that. If, it, if I didn't log it in my step 10. I'll move on to, uh, uh, oh, well, I got a quote here. This is from the grapevine. It was October the 4th. Each night, I think of the 10th step and ask myself, have I, this day, helped more than I harmed, given more than I've taken, created more than I've destroyed? Something to think about. Step 11, you know, like uh, I'm part of a, uh, a few people that host a Friday night men's meeting and we call it the maintenance men and it's based on the step 10, 11 and 12. So, you know, I'm constantly involved in the three steps because they're part of our meeting. One week we do step 10, 11, 12, then we start all over again. But step 11, it says sought to prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understand him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and power to carry that out. And the spiritual principle, the spiritual awareness. I'm a Catholic, so uh, my prayers are based on that. But I had to say that when I came to OA, my Catholic or my spirituality was at a zero. Well, let's say point one. My fact that I was a Catholic was below zero. I was odds with the church. And didn't understand spirituality, didn't care. Today, my spirituality is about 9.9. And I did grow back into the church after I, I gained my spirituality through always working the program. And then I. That's came, time, uh, Then, okay. Uh, then I came back in with uh, just give me two more minutes and then I flew up. But I, I came back into the church and that made me so happy. I do start off. I took this from a meeting that out of Ontario one night. I get every morning, I read a letter that I get from God. It says, good morning, Jack. There's nothing that can happen today that you and I can't handle together. Together we can. Together we will. Together we are. Love Jesus. And I, I really, truly work that. Step 12 is probably, I'll just do this in a minute. Step 12 is probably my my best because that's service and that's why I build it on. But I believe that in order for me to keep what I got, I got to give it away. And that's what step 12 is about. We carry the message to the compulsive overeater and we practice these principles in all our affairs. If I keep what I got, I'm only going to have it for a short time. If I practice step 12 and I give it away, I'll have it forever. And this is something that I'm going to have to do every day for the rest of my life. Sorry, I went over a little bit, but I got a little bit carried away. I must have been. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jack, my son. That was good. And uh, we appreciate you uh, sharing your experience, strength, and hope around steps 10, 11, and 12. Um, this brings us to our question and answer part of the session. Um, so if you have a question that you would like to ask to either of the speakers, I would encourage you to uh, go to the bottom of your screen, click on the Q&A button and put your question in. Okay. Chris, it's Margaret, our uh, monitor, and we actually have a question already. If Can I uh, give that I have question it. I have out? It. I have it. I will do it. Okay. We have one question already. And um, it, it, it actually came in early, so they only have Nancy P's name on it, but it, 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 uh, it could go to both of you. Nancy, do you do a 10th step every day? 
and what exactly do you do? Thank you so much for your share. I never do 10 steps, almost never. Um, the answer, as I said in my talk, I mean, it's rare for me to do an actual 10th step. When I, you know, when a person, place, or thing bothers me, I am the problem. I know that. So the first thing that I do is I say my prayer. I don't like this. I don't want things to be this way. Then I, then I, if I have to do anything, make amends, you know, uh, an apology or write a check or whatever, make something right that I've done, I do that. And then I turn my attention to someone I can help. I mean, that is what I do. And, you know, maybe, maybe that's wrong, but the data show me I'm very data-driven. The data show me that my life is a joy. I'm happy, joyous, and free. I don't ever think about food, ever. I do everything. I, I'm not constrained. So, that, so I, I feel fine. I do an 11-step inventory every night. That's kind of like 10, you know. I mean, it's sort of all mishmashed together. I don't really separate the steps too much. I try to live in 10, 11, and 12 and let the chips fall where they may. Um, and if anybody wants to talk to me about that offline, my number's in the chat. Thank you, Nancy. Um, I don't know if you have anything more to say about step 10, uh, Jack. I think you covered it really, really well in your talk, but perhaps there's something, uh, you know, uh, the question was, do you do a 10th step every day? What exactly do you do? And I do every day. I'd be lost without it. I get my sponsees to do a step 10 every day, but every one of them are sort of different. But I believe in, the, in that. Uh, but I also... Uh, uh, sort of believe what Nancy said, you know, when you're doing a step 10, it's more than, you know, how do you define exactly what step 10, what step 11 is and step 12? But by doing your, your what I call my personal inventory every day, and it helps me immensely. I would not sleep tonight if I didn't send my step 10 to my sponsor. That's what I got in my head. And it's just the way it is. It's part of life for me. Thank you. Thank you, Jack. Well, we know program is all about suggestion and not having to do a certain thing. Okay. I'm not sure. Well, I, I need some more questions in the question and answer box, people. So come along. Give me some more questions to ask the speakers. Um, okay, uh, Nancy, I'll, I'll ask you this, and, and I'll ask Jack afterwards, I think. Um, I think it was you that, that mentioned it, Nancy, that... Uh, uh, the you know the fit spiritual condition. I mean, what is the fit spiritual condition to you, and how do you get it? That's an excellent question. So, you know, I used to hear you know I've been in this program for a really long time, and I used to hear take what you want and leave the rest, and I thought that meant you know, do the stuff that you want to do and then don't do the rest. And so I did the stuff that I wanted to do, which was almost nothing. And then I didn't do anything else and I got nothing. So we know that half measures avail us nothing. Lurking notions avail us nothing. And to lurk is to hide and wait to do harm, right? So and another lurking notion is that I can do this job myself. But what's an agnostic girl to do? So I say my own personal journey was that first I had to awaken, you know, if I can get all the experience I want, but if I'm asleep, it's not going to do me any good. So first Nancy P had to awaken before I recovered every morning, I'd wake up 
at 211 pounds and I'm only five, one and a half. And before I even opened my eyes, I would think to myself, I wonder if I'm gonna to eat today. Or I think, I hope I don't eat today. Or I think I'm definitely not gonna to eat today. Or I think it looks like I'm gonna to eat today. So what I had to do was wake up spiritually. And that came from first from um, surrender, then from coming to believe that a power greater than myself, not in a power greater than myself, that a power, that's what the second step says, that a power greater than myself could restore to me to sanity. And then once I believe that, that something can embrace it and build from there. And I can say that again, you know, I'm like a bumblebee, you know, they shouldn't fly. They're round, they're not aerodynamic, they're covered with fur, their wings are too short, but they don't know that. So they fly anyways. So my way of working my recovery probably won't work for a lot. Well, it might not work. I don't know, who cares? Like, I don't care if it works for anybody. All I know is it works for me and I'm happy as a clam. Um, I don't want to take up all the time, but that is, a, you know, I had to wake up spiritually so that I could then gain experience. I don't, I can't just say, oh, I'm awake, you know, I'm, and I have experience. To gain experience, all I have to do is wake up every day, but I must be awake before I can gain experience. And so I really, the only thing that I worry about today for my recovery is how surrendered am I and how awake am I spiritually? And the rest of it, I don't care. I don't have any problems anymore. I either have things that slow me down or speed me up. And, um, and that's, that's it for me. I'll pass with that. Thanks, Nancy. Jack, um, what is fit spiritual condition to you and how do you get it? Well, uh, as I said, my spirituality, I say is at a point one, but I didn't understand it. I didn't have any spirituality when I came in. And I didn't understand what it was all about, although we, people were talking about it. And then they were talking about the three-legged stool, spiritual, emotional, and physical. And uh, I didn't understand it. So I went to a no way workshop and prayer meditation. I got 50% of the meditation and the prayer. Didn't fully understand. But then the guy that was given the, the, the presentation or the workshop, said, I, and I asked him the question, I said, well, how do you talk to God or a higher power? He said, no different than you're talking to me. And we chatted a little bit and in sort of in the back of the room because everything was over. And I left there and I used to go for a little short walk and I started to walk. I started to talk to God, to my higher power. And from there... I stopped talking out loud. I stopped. Uh, actually, I stopped. Now I talk to God, talk to my higher power all the time. And I had that strong connection with him. And I don't know if there was a moment that, my, that I had a spiritual awakening, but I did have a connection. And I have numerous uh, uh, promises that are revealed to me. As it says in the, the promises, I will intuitively know how to handle situations. Well, that intuition to me is my God, my higher power, giving me the answer I'm looking for. And that happens to me 10, 20, 30 times a day. And I intuitively know because my higher power gives it to me. And I've had that spiritual awakening. I keep it. I'm really strong spiritually. Thank you. Thank you very much, Jack. Okay, um, this question um, is for both of you. It says, I'm hearing how important service is and how involved you both are. As a newer person, I find contacting people difficult. I feel like I'm imposing on them. Uh, any suggestions on getting over this? Uh, please, Jack, go ahead. I, I started off, well, I'm an open person anyway, but I really love texting. And usually I'll text someone and then we'll phone. But texting gets you over that little hump because you're not imposing on anybody 
in a particular time. And I can send a little text and sometimes I'll get an immediate response. Sometimes it could be a half an hour and sometimes it'll lead to a discussion. But everybody loves to communicate. And because most of us text now, it's a simple way to start a conversation uh, without intruding on anybody because it's usually the first five seconds that we're a little bit hesitant. Then we get into the role and we're good to go. So I'd encourage that person to simply send, start with texting, and I guarantee you, your life will change. Thank you, Jack. Nancy. Yeah, I know what you mean. What I did was I was instructed to make at least two phone calls a day in the beginning. And uh, the old Nancy would have prayed for voicemails and said, oh, I tried. I got a lot of voicemails when I tried. That didn't do it. That didn't cut it. So what I did was I, um, I thought up a shtick, like a, a thing that I say to everybody when I call people. And I still use it today. And it goes like this. Hi, Chris. Is this Chris H? Yes. It's Nancy P. Just making outreach calls. Do you have a few minutes? And they always say yes. And sometimes they say no, but whatever. Some, you know, mostly they say yes. And I say, so tell me about yourself. Are you new to OA or, you know, what's your story? And they love it. You know, they, they, people love to talk about themselves. And so I still say that. I still do that today. Someone called me once and they said, I hate making phone calls. I said, I know what you mean. I hate them too. But at the same time, I'm addicted to them. Um, sometimes when I, you know, my two phone calls a day, my two connections a day, sometimes I'll get them done earlier in the day. And I'll say to myself, great, your phone calls are done. And then the very next thought, almost before I finish that thought is, you know, Nancy, it wouldn't kill you to make another one. So I am, I'm a big one for making phone calls and I text as well. But um, yeah, I, I think it's really important for the, um, the interaction, the, the, the fellowship, the verb, not the noun, always a fellowship, but the fellowship that we do, the verb is super, super duper important. Thank you, Nancy. Okay. Uh, question, the next question. Um, it's, this one said, has a, a sentence for each of you. Nancy, could you expand on what you do in step 11 and Jack, could you explain more what you mean about cognition versus meditation? So Nancy, would you like to go ahead first this time? Sure, yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, it says we should not be shy about this matter of med meditation. Well, I'm not religious at all. So again, what I said before was I didn't have a white light experience. My spiritual awakening and, and the experience that I've gained, I always think about the poem by Tennyson. It came in on little cat feet like the fog and sat on its haunches and waited. So literally every breath I take is one of gratitude and meditation, every breath. And the reason I, th I say that is, well, it's true, but like I call my, the power that takes care of me, my buddy. And um, so it's never, it's never far away from me. It's always in my thought. It used to be oh, we're taking a vacation, I wish I wasn't fat, or oh, we're taking a vacation, I hope I don't eat, or oh, we're taking a vacation, how can I sneak and hide? Now, my life is, I got to plant my flower bulbs. I'm so glad it's so meditative, I can do that. You know, my, you know, my buddy will be with me, which I actually am going to do when I finish this. <laughs> you know, it's like a thing that's always with me, it envelops me. I'm, I'm just what it says in the book, I'm safe and protected, always. So it's not like I have a separate meditative life. Although I will say, because it says we shouldn't be shy, I recently joined a group that does a meditation thing 15 minutes, three times a week. So I do that too. But I, I just, I mean, I think about it all the time. Every, every breath. That's all for me. Thank you, Nancy. Jack, can you Thanks. give an explanation? Uh, meditation, as uh, someone said one time, that those who uh, don't have time to meditate for 10 minutes a day need to meditate for 30 minutes a day. And I, I, ha I have a mental block about meditation. So I uh, uh, cogitate. And to me, cogitation, meditation, reflection, all rolls into the same thing. Uh, you know, like I can sit down here and reflect and 
one of my gratitudes. And whether I'm reflecting or whether I'm cogitating or whether I'm meditating, it's all the same thing, but it's only under words. And I, that deeply sinks, sinks into my subconscious and it gives me fuel for tomorrow. So cogitation is a key part of my recovery, but it's only a word. And what it means, it means to me, no different than reflection or meditation. But it is important, really. And for I can say that uh, from what I've learned in a way that, that I believe that those who cannot meditate, cogitate, reflect for 10 minutes, need to do it for 30. Thanks, Jack. I'd really like to thank our speakers for their uh, talks today and for their, ten their information given in their uh, answers to the questions. I'd like to thank all the panelists for their service today. And um, I'd like to thank everyone who attended today because of course you're doing service as well. We'll close now with the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thank you, everyone. <laughs>